welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand with us? Let's sing together.
Let's give the Lord one, one more hand. Amen. It's good. You guys can be seated. Hey, it's great to have you guys. Did everyone have a good Christmas this past week? Yes, it was awesome. I don't know about you, but I'm still kind of in recovery mode. All right, I had a super amazing amount, an unhealthy amount of hot cocoa. All right, I'm still recovering from those little white chocolate Reese's Christmas trees. You know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen in the house somewhere? Yep, I know you ate just as much as I did, all right? A lot of food, a lot of family, a lot of friends, and a lot of fellowship, all right? It, it was a really good time. And uh, man, I'm super pumped. But we're glad to have you back, and thank you for joining us this morning. Whether you're here or online, it's great to have you. In like four or five days, 2020 ends, all right? Did you guys know that? 2020 ends, yes. I know it's been a crazy year, all right? It's going to be a crazy year. It's ending. But I truly believe that God still has so much more in store for us as a people. It doesn't matter what space or time or reality we're living in, whether it's good or bad. God is sovereign, and he is in control, and he has a big plan for us as his people and has his church. So how about you? I'm here to celebrate that today, and I'm here to learn more about him and what that plan is. So I'm going to invite you all to stand as we can continue to fellowship and worship, um, but I'm going to ask God to bless our services right now, all right? Just bow your heads with me in prayer. Lord, I love you, and again, thank you so much for bringing us back together as your people, Lord. Uh, it is good to be here with our church family here. God, I know that right now, as we continue on with our services, God, that you are here with us in this moment, um, God. And I pray that all of the, our singing and all of our worship, it just it comes to you, and you are pleased, God. I, I just receive us, receive our focus, receive our praise, receive all the glory that we can give to you in these moments. Be with our worship team as they continue to lead us. Be with Brother Will as he brings the message. God, touch our hearts. Touch our hearts. There's so much more that you want us to learn. You are not done with us as your people. You have a plan, you have a way, and you are going to walk every single step with us, God. So we love you, praise you in your name. Amen. Let's continue to worship. You're calling me
your goodness through his word. And once again, I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for those that are listening online and those that are here. And I pray that once again, we would open our hearts and minds and receive the gift that you would have for us this morning. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Give them another big hand, would you? Appreciate you guys. Great job. Awesome. Welcome to those listening online, and uh, we're delighted that you are in person as well today. Well, here is the Sunday we've been waiting on, right here, man. Amen? Come on, people. Woo! I don't know about you, but I've been looking forward to this Sunday. We're going to say bye-bye to 2020. And I just, I got, I got a feeling, it's just a feeling in my bones and in my soul that come Friday, everything's going to be better. Come on, man. You better believe it. It's all in your perspective, you know? And, and this year, 2020, has been a crazy year. Our key word here is flexibility. But you know what? Even in tough times, God is faithful. And even in struggles and difficulties, we've got to be people of faith, and we've got to step out in faith and, and answer the call that God brings to us individually and a church. I, I have people all the time say, what are y'all doing over there at Kavanaugh? What's going on? Say, well, we're building a new building. In COVID, you're building it? Yes, we are. Why? Because God told us to do it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be finished uh, sometime in 2021, hopefully by June. My prayer is threefold. Number one, God finished this building for us. Number two, God fund this building because we haven't even done our capital campaign yet, all right? God finish it, fund it, and then, Lord, would you fill it? Would you fill it? And that's my real prayer that come June, all of this is going to be behind us. People are going to be hungry for God. They're going to be looking for a spiritual experience, and we're going to have a brand new building to welcome them into. So bring it on, man. I'm ready for 2021. Well, let's finish 2020, and I want to do it kind of the same way we've been doing it through the month of December, finishing with my last sermon on the Emmanuel prophecy. What is the Emmanuel prophecy? Simply this, that God is with us. God is with us. We've already learned that God is with us through our struggles, and we all struggle in life. God is also with us in our confusion, and believe you me, we've, we've been confused, haven't we? But today we're going to learn that God is with us in our assignments, that is, in doing what God has told us to do. The first time this prophecy is given is in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and here's what the prophecy was. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. We'll learn here in a moment that Emmanuel simply means God is with us. That prophecy had a dual fulfillment. Literally, in the very next chapter, Isaiah chapter 8, that prophecy was fulfilled when God was with his people to deliver them. The ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy happened 740 years later, and we read about it in Matthew chapter 1. Look at verses 22 and 23. 
So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated is God with us. Now, sometime before Joseph was told this in Matthew chapter 1, God was already at work in somebody else's heart and life. A young teenage girl who was a virgin, her name was Mary. The prophecy of Isaiah 740 years earlier was literally going to be fulfilled in and through her life. And so just as the gospel of Matthew is the fulfillment of the Emmanuel prophecy in Joseph's life, Luke tells us the fulfillment of the Isaiah prophecy in Mary's life. And so today I want us to look at that passage, Luke chapter 1. Let's start with verses 26 through 28. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. He was of the house of David, and the virgin's name was, y'all say it out loud, Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. That is, God has graced you. Blessed are you among all of the women. Now, the two most crucial human instruments in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, that is, the coming of God to earth, were these two teenage kids. Joseph and Mary. Biblical scholars speculate that they were somewhere between 14 and 18 years old. They were just kids. Are you with me? Yet the load that they were about to carry on their shoulders was absolutely enormous. In fact, the destiny of the world hinged on the assignment that God himself was giving to these two young people. The Emmanuel prophecy was going to be fulfilled in their life. God is with us. How in the world could they carry such a heavy load? Literally, again, they were carrying the load of the world on them. The burden of the future of mankind rests on their shoulders. How could they bear such a heavy load? It's this Emmanuel prophecy. Are you picking it up? God is with us. Well, you know what? God was with them. Now, we've talked about the Emmanuel prophecy, God with us in our struggles, okay? God with us in our confusion. And last week we learned Joseph was really confused about all that was going on. How in the world can this be? Today we're going to discover that God is with us in the Emmanuel prophecy in our assignments. Now, if you're here or you're online, and you're alive and breathing, raise your hand, okay? Okay, come on, raise your hand, everybody. Raise it up, okay? You acknowledge that you're alive, all right? So if you're here or online and you're alive, let me tell you the good news. God has an assignment for you. God had a specific job for Joseph and Mary to do. It was their mission in life. You know what? You've got a mission, Have you ever felt like your mission is pretty tough? Like it's mission impossible? 
Well, what about Mary Jane? You know, when I say Mission Impossible, it, just, it makes me think about this right here. Can decide to accept it, is to make Stefan believe Townsend's information. As always, should you or any of your IM force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, Jim. Man, be honest with you, how many of y'all actually remember that? Yeah, that was good TV back in the day. Mission Impossible debuted January 1969. That, that was the real Mission Impossible, all right? What you young people have now is the fake. It's the phony. It's Ethan Hunt, you know? It, it's not the real Mission Impossible. Long time ago, they had the real Mission Impossible. My favorite part of that whole episode was the tape, the reel-to-reel. It, it self-destructed in five seconds. I don't know how they did that back in 1969, that, that technology to make it smoke like that. Isn't that great? Mission impossible. Let me tell you, Joseph and Mary had an absolutely impossible assignment that was given to them. You know, we learned something through Mary's experience about our own mission in life. Number one, there is the challenge of every assignment that is given to us. And every assignment that God has comes with a great challenge. Now, just the very fact that an angel appears to Mary is enough to startle her. <laughs> All right, at least startle her. Look at chapter 1 of Luke, verses 29 through 30. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Some translations say that she was confused and also disturbed. She was at least troubled at his saying, and she considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Now, this verse tells us she was troubled. Well, can I tell you something? You would be too. If an angel showed up in your house and gave you an announcement like this angel gave to Mary. And when it says that she considered what kind of greeting this might be, the literal Greek translation was that she was talking to herself. She was asking herself, what is this all about? And it is evident from what the angel said that Mary was afraid. She was terrified. Now, I want you to think about what Mary has just heard. The angel has announced to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Literally, God has graced you. The angel repeats it in verse 30. You have found favor with God. And again, the literal word is grace. You have found the grace of God. Now, let's step back and look at this. An angel appears to Mary in her home and says, God has graced you. God has blessed you. God has anointed you among all the women 
of the earth. Can I tell you something? That, that is a very comforting announcement, is it not? And literally, Mary should be comforted with these words. She should be strengthened by these words. She should have this warm, fuzzy feeling coming all over her because God's graced her. She snuggled up in her brand new Ugg blanket, <laughs> sipping on some hot cocoa, and just has this warm, fuzzy feeling on the inside because God has graced me. God has blessed me. It should have been comforting to Mary. But you know what? It was not comforting at all to her. She was troubled at this saying. She was confused, perplexed. She was disturbed. She was afraid. Why? Why? Well, I think it's because Mary understood that along with this announcement came an assignment. Are you with me? There was an announcement that bared with it an assignment. And let me tell you, it was not just an ordinary assignment. This is a big-time assignment. I think it would be a good time to remind you that the Emmanuel prophecy, God with us, is not just to make you feel good. Okay? God with us is not an announcement just to make me feel fuzzy on the inside. Yes, God sent his son, Jesus, as a baby. Why? Because people are not afraid of babies. And God entered this world as a baby, but Jesus came on a mission. Jesus had a job to do. He had a task. And what was his task? Redeeming the world. Jesus came to save people from their sins. So the Emmanuel prophecy is not just about making us feel good when we're alone or when we're confused. No, the Emmanuel prophecy is given to us so that we can go out and fulfill the mission that Jesus started. We are here to fulfill his task and that is the task of redeeming the world. And so I'm going to back up right here and just throw this out to you, kind of dangle some fruit in front of you. Hang on to this and remember this. Your calling in life, your mission in life, is to fulfill the mission of Jesus. We are to win the world for Jesus Christ. We are to share with everyone we come in contact with the good news that Jesus saves. And beyond that, we are to help new believers become disciples, true followers of Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, we are to impact our world. And so this announcement came to Mary and Joseph. God said to them, you know what? You're going to be a part of this great assignment, this great task of winning the world and redeeming lost humanity. What an assignment. What a calling on their life. Amen? Well, God has called you to the same thing. Now, if Mary was startled by the appearance and the announcement of this angelic being, she would even be more overwhelmed when she began to understand the scope of the challenge of the assignment that God was putting before her. Piece by piece, this plan of redemption unfolds. And with each piece of the puzzle going into place, she becomes even more overwhelmed. Look at verse 31. And behold... You, Mary, will conceive in your womb 
and you will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, I want you to understand again, we've said it several times, but understand this. Mary's just a teenager. Maybe 14, 15, 16. Her oldest age would be 18 years old. She's just a kid herself. She was engaged to Joseph, but they had not had sexual relations as of yet. But now the angel says to her that she's going to give birth to a son. And specifically, the angel tells her, you're going to call him Jesus. Well, Mary knew the name Jesus. She knew what Jesus meant. Jesus means the Lord is salvation. Hmm. Can you say hmm with me? One, two, three. Hmm. The Lord is salvation. The angel continues the announcement. And when he's through, there's going to be no doubt left in Mary's mind that God is up to something awesome. Read about it with me in verses 32 and 33. He will be great, talking about Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. You know what this is? Unbelievable. Mary comes to understand that she is going to give birth to the child of God, the son of God, the long-awaited Messiah, the heart cry of Israel. And with each unfolding piece of the plan, Mary feels more and more inadequate. Remember... <laughs> I've said it a dozen times now. She's just a teenager. She's probably never ventured beyond the city limits of her little village. She is unschooled and untrained. And she must have been asking herself the question, can somebody like me do this? I'd be asking that question. In fact, I think there is personal application in that question to everybody that's in this room or listening online. Have you ever asked that question? Can somebody like me do this? I, I don't know, maybe God has called you to a, an assignment in ministry. He wants you to witness to a coworker or invite a neighbor to church. And you're thinking, well, can somebody like me do that? He might be saying to you, you need to quit your job and go to work over here at this job. And you're thinking, well, can somebody like me at this point in my life do that? He might be telling you, okay, it's time for you to start a family and have a baby. You're thinking, can somebody like me do that? Whatever it is, whatever the impossibility of the situation in your mind, you're asking yourself the question like Mary, can somebody like me do this? The answer Yes. Yes. Not yes. Like Samuel. Yes. It's yes. You can. But here's the deal, and I want everybody to listen to me. This is key. You can't do it on your own. The mission God has called you to do is impossible for you to do on your own. But with God doing it through you and in you, yes, you can do it. However, you may find yourself asking the same question as Mary asked in verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, 
How can this be since I have not known a man? Now, I am impressed with this young teenage girl. I am impressed that Mary's perplexity is not rooted in God-doubt, but in self-doubt. Not one time in this dialogue with the angel does Mary ever doubt God or God's ability. What she does question is her own ability. She says, how can this happen since I am a virgin? It was somewhat perplexing to her. And that is a perplexing situation. But you know what? God had Mary right where he wanted Mary. This can't happen. This is, this is beyond me. I can't do this on my own. Because when you get to that point with God's divine assignment, he has got you right where he wants you. In realizing you can't do it without his help. For you see, Mary's experience shows us something about the challenge of our assignment. But it also shows us something about the source of our strength. Mary's question, how, is a very practical one. How can this be? She knows from a human perspective, she has not had sexual relations with her husband-to-be Joseph or with anybody else. But to have the child of God, and on top of that, this child was going to be the savior of the world, how? How can this happen? Well, verse 35, let's look at it. The angel answered and said to her, Here's how it's going to go down, Mary. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born is going to be called the Son of God. Now, I want to remind you right here and right now, the thing that we celebrated on Friday, the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, the virgin birth, is a miracle. The birth of Jesus Christ through the Virgin Mary is a miracle. Now, I don't know physically exactly what happened and how it happened, but we do understand it was done by the Holy Spirit. Somehow or another, the Holy Spirit of God overshadowed this young virgin, and he placed inside of her womb a seed that would bring forth the child, Jesus Christ. It was an absolute miracle. It is the power of God working through a teenage girl. And that is the source of our strength to shoulder any assignment that God brings to us. You see, God is in the business of taking unlikely people and unlikely situations and doing amazing things. That was a miracle. Who would have expected God to work through a no-named virgin teenage girl? That's just like God. He uses no-named people all the time. Insignificant, ordinary people to do amazing, extraordinary things. In fact... God even gave Mary an example of what he's up to. Look at verses 36 and 37. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. 
I love this next phrase, and I want you to read it out loud with me. Are you ready? Three, two, one. For with God, nothing will be impossible. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, it reminds me that, you know what, this mission that God has called me to may be impossible for me, but it's not impossible for God. For with God, all things are possible. With man, that is not the case. There are plenty of things that are impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. Why? Because he has the power to pull it off. He has the ability to do the impossible. He is the strength that we need to fulfill the assignments that he gives to us to do. And and listen to me, look at me when I say this. Whatever God asks you to do, he's going to equip you to do it. You won't be doing it on your own. If God's called you to do something, he's going to be right there with you. And so there's no way you're going to fail if God's called you to do something. He is the source of strength that we need to accomplish anything he's called us to do. And that brings us to number three. It comes down to a question of our availability. You see, God wants to do the extraordinary through ordinary people who are overshadowed by the power and strength of his presence. The question is, are you going to say yes to God? Will you say yes to his assignment, his mission that he's called you to do? So here's the real question right now, not a year ago or six months ago, not 15 years ago in your life, right now, today, are you involved in anything that God has called you to do? Are you involved in anything that is so over your head that you know you can't do it on your own? I mean, has God called you to do something right now that you realize, you know what, on my own, there is absolutely no way I can accomplish this assignment. I don't have the strength, the power, or the ability to do it on my own. I know that many people live their entire lives carefully controlling things so that they will never, ever be put into situations where they feel like they're over their heads. Now, if that is the way you live your life, you will never grow deeper spiritually than you are right now. Why? Well, because of this. Real spiritual growth does not occur when you're sitting in your living room, in your recliner, just reading the Bible. Now, that is important. That's where it all starts. We get into God's Word. But that doesn't cause real spiritual growth. What causes real spiritual growth is when you take what you've read and you've heard the voice of God calling you to an assignment that he wants you to do and you get up out of your recliner, you leave your house and you step out on a branch. It's scary and wobbly. And you got to trust God to do it because you know you can't do it on your own. Or, like Peter, you get out of the boat and you walk on water with Jesus. That's where real spiritual growth occurs. Mason, it doesn't happen in the boat, buddy. It happens when you step out on the water. It did for Peter. Can you imagine the exhilaration and the thrill and the wow factor that Peter felt when he stepped? He was walking on water. Man, have you ever walked on water? 
I've tried to barefoot ski before. I made it about that far before my body went into the water like that. Now, Billy, you're a barefoot skier right there, man. That guy can do it. He, you can still do it, man. It's, it's amazing, but you had a master craft pulling you. <laughs> Peter was just out there walking on water. Now, he took his eyes off Jesus and on the waves, and what did he do? And, and we kind of give Peter a hard time about that, but you know what? There were 11 other guys in the boat that never got out of the boat. At least he had the faith to get out of the boat. And God is calling you to get out of your boat today, to step out in faith, to fulfill the assignment that he has called you to do. And only you can do it. Now, I don't know how all of this really works out. I just know that, that it's true. That it's true. When we take the challenge that God gives to us, and we make it our choice to do God's will, God's way. I know that God helps us do that. He fulfills it. But, but get this. The challenge comes with your choice. God right now, if you're listening to me online, in person, God is challenging you with something he wants you to do. But it's your choice. He's not going to force you to do it. You've got a choice in doing it. Are you going to say yes? No, no matter how much it pulls you out of your comfort zone, no matter how terrifying it is, will you say yes to God's call? Well, I say yes to the assignment that God has given me. Well, I release my anxiety and put it in his lap and realize that, yeah, it may be scary, but he's going to be with me. Well, I say and you say what Mary said in verse 38. This is a great verse. She said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Interpreted, she said, Yes, sir, Lord. Whatever you want, whatever you want, I'll do it because I'm your servant. Now, let, let me make this applicable to, to you. I said it at the beginning of the message. You're saying, What? Well, okay, I don't know that God's ever given me an assignment. Yes, he has. If you're watching online or in person and you are a believer, you're a Christian, your assignment in life is to finish the assignment that God came to earth for, and that is to redeem the world. His mission was to save people from their sins. That's what he came to do. He has transferred that assignment onto our shoulders. So your mission in life is to share Jesus with lost people, to see lost people saved. And it goes beyond that one step, Eric. Not only are you to lead them to Jesus, but you are to train believers to become disciples, true followers of Jesus. And ultimately, you are to impact your world with the good news of Jesus Christ. That is your mission. And then to hone it down more specifically, you fulfill that mission in whatever God calls you to do, whatever your job is. My dad worked for the phone company all, all his career. He, he went from Southwestern Bell to AT&T. We moved from Midland to Abilene to Lubbock. Why? He was following God's calling on his life. He was trained to be, he was called by God to be an employee of Southwestern Bell and AT&T. And it was in those places, those work areas in Midland, Abilene, and Lubbock that my dad shared the mission of God with other people. You see how it works? 
But he had to say yes to God. When God told him to, to leave Midland, Texas, that was scary for my mom and dad. They had been raised in Midland. Can anything good come out of Abilene, Texas? I don't know, but we moved there for a couple of years. And then on to Lubbock. Why? Because my dad was sensitive to the will of God in his life. You see, God calls us all, whether we're preachers or missionaries or, or employees of AT&T. God has something specific for you to do. But you've got to come to the point where you say, okay, God, I'll do it. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. God's challenge becomes your choice. But understand this, when you say yes to God, his challenge becomes your choice. Also understand that he becomes committed to you. I said this while ago, I reaffirm it today. If God calls you to do something, he's going to equip you to do it. And not only will he equip you to do it, he's going to be right there with you when you do it. It's the Emmanuel prophecy. God with us. As it was with Joseph and Mary, God's purpose and God's plans are going to go forward. The question is, can he count on you? Can he count on you? Will you be a part of God's A plan for your life? You must say, what are you talking about, A plan? Well, God has a plan for your life. In fact, his will for you every day is already written down in heaven. And my prayer every day when I get up is, Lord, help me to fulfill what you've already written down in heaven for my life today. Okay, so God's got a plan for you. Are you going to say yes to his A plan? Well, what if you don't? What if you don't say yes to God's A plan? Well, <laughs> I don't know. It ain't good. Let me close by telling you two real life stories of people that I personally know who said no to God's plan for their life, God's assignment for them. And both of these have to do with ministry. The first was a, a, a person I've known for years. God called this person to be a missionary. They struggled with it at first, but you know what? I can remember the church service that I was in when this person came to the altar, prayed with the pastor and her, her family. She got up from that altar and she said, God has called me to be a missionary and I'm surrendering my life today to go to the mission field and to do what God has called me to do. She even knew specifically where God wanted her to go. That was her plan all through high school, to go to Bible college and then go be a missionary. But you know what? Through that journey, she kind of got uh, sidetracked. She made some wrong decisions, and she did not fulfill God's plan A for her life. She settled for plan B or C or maybe D. The other person, we just talked about this the other day. I was just talking to somebody about this young man. He felt like in high school that God was calling him into the ministry and that, that God wanted him to be a, a youth pastor. And so he really struggled with that, but came to the this is what God's will for my life is. But you know what? His parents were the one who turned him against that. His, his parents said, you don't want to do that. There's no money in that. You can't make a living doing that. And so he didn't say yes to God's A plan for his life. Now, I don't know about this young man because he's still young and he's doing pretty good right now, but I do know that first person I talked about, I've had a conversation with that person about their life and saying no to God. And here's what they say. I sure wish 
that I would have followed God's will for my life. I often wonder what God would have done with me had I said yes and gone to Japan. And I know they wish they would have. Because the decisions that came and the consequences that occurred have been pretty tough. You know what? God wants the best for you. I want the best for you. The best comes when we say yes to the mission God calls us to. And even though it may seem impossible, how can somebody like me do that? You need to understand today that if God calls you to do it, he's going to equip you to do it, and he's going to be with you because that is the Emmanuel prophecy. God's going to be with you. You might say, well, you know what? I've, I've already blown it. Well, maybe not. Because right now, God's calling you to do something in his kingdom. And today, you've got a choice. Are you going to say yes to that assignment and step out of the boat? <laughs> I say go for it. I'm going to ask that you stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Those watching online can do the same thing. This is our invitation. We, we don't come to the altar right now. Hopefully, we'll start doing that in 2021. But I want you to make an altar where you're standing. And if you need to do business with God and say yes to him, I think this day is the right way to do it, the right time to do it. Maybe you need to be saved and say yes to God's salvation. Or as a believer, maybe you need to say yes to God's assignment that he's calling you to. Whatever the case, the important ingredient is saying yes. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us say yes to you today. There may be someone in this room or someone listening online that's never been saved. And today they need your salvation in their life. May they pray that sinner's prayer. Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart. I confess you as Savior of my life. And Lord, if we are believers in this room or listening online, may we say yes to the divine assignment that you've called us to. And that is winning the world to Jesus Christ. I love you, Lord. I love these people as they make their decisions for you. I pray that you would do something in their heart and in their head. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated for just a couple of announcements. And then I'm going to let you go. When you leave, make sure you mask up. And when you walk out, please put your offering in one of those black boxes. I'm going to send you to KavanaughChurch.com, our website page. Uh, they got the tabs going across there. The third tab is our Team Ron tab. Uh, that is a, a page devoted to Ron Rogers. want you to continue to pray for Ron as he goes through therapy. You'll remember last February, Ron was in a motorcycle accident, paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, he's going to therapy in Little Rock a couple of times a week. Pray for Ron. But we also have a GoFundMe page set up on Team Ron. And if you can give to Ron and Sandy, I, I know they need it and they would appreciate it. Most of all, you please be praying for them, all right? 
hey, uh, no service tonight online and no Wednesday night service. The next time we're going to come back together will be the first Sunday in 2021. And it's going to be great. Y'all aren't convinced of that yet, are you? The building is coming along amazingly, isn't it, Jason? Uh, if, if you would like to, it's kind of a nice day out today before you leave. Just go over there and walk through. Kind of be careful where you're walking because it is a construction zone. But they have walls up. Some of the sheetrock is hanging. And you'll kind of get an idea maybe of what it's going to look like. But it is looking good and we are so excited about what God is doing. Remember, the staff loves you. I love you. Most of all, God loves you. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next Sunday.